0: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast.
1: Good morning, happy Monday, welcome into the show. I got good news and I got bad news. I think they're both obvious, but let's just get them out of the way. Let's lean into the good stuff and deal with the bad stuff. Bad news, it's Monday. I'm sorry. Not even Pretty Daddy, the executive producer, has some cute, stupid name that he thinks pretends by some trans-magical, substantive property makes it something else. It's still a Monday. Here's the good news, though. Beyond Monday Night Football, the Broncos are playing, so that doesn't even count. Here's the good news, though. It's the last week before a holiday week. You've either got a whole vacation next week, I do. Maybe that feels like a vacation for you. Or you got at least a couple days, it's Thanksgiving. So we're going to ease you into this week. The water's warm. We got great shows lined up every single day of the week to help you get to that holiday. All right? Life's good and getting better. 855 212 4 cbs is the phone number Twitter if you want to say what's up? Sports writer sports r e i t e r. I was almost going with Tom first, but I decided his ego too big. At Pretty Daddy CBS, that's where the big that's where the big pause came from. Phone number eight five five two one two four CBS. Uh, Really interesting weekend in college football Several I told you so Look, the show's not about I told you so Even though the bosses named it I told you so Writer than you, get it? I'm smarter, I'm writer than you are Corrector, doesn't make sense It's okay, we like it, we embrace it The name of the show is a Monday, it's part of the deal But we just, we roll with it Alright, I like the name Told you Alabama was going to be in the mix They're in the mix Told you Jimbo Fisher was going to fail He has not just failed, that was already true He gone. That and several other big moments from college football. And five things you need to know from college football action. That's in about, let's call it 30 minutes. I lied to you. Let's call it 40 minutes from this very moment. We've got the world's shortest hoopier than thou. Just a little basketball analysis in 15 seconds. C.J. Stroud has been remarkable. Bill Belichick has not been. Issues with Jordan Love. Field goal. Ending the game madness of what an NFL weekend. We'll get to all that stuff over the course of the hour. Steve Burline's going to help us put a bow on all of these topics in about one hour from now. We've got buy or sell. We've got a lot of stuff going on. One thing about the National Football League and now the 17-game season as teams chase championships is not just you're trying to become who you think you can be or turn things around. Sometimes it's about reclaiming the best version of yourself or not. The National Football League is a marathon and a war all at once. And you can be a team early in a season that gets on a roll, that looks really good, that wins games. It is not easy to win football games. And so you win three or four or five or six, or a few years ago take the Cardinals under Kyler Murray, who did come back this weekend. They started whatever it was, 7-0, 8-1. Those are real accomplishments. They're not illusions, but holding on to that maintaining that through difficulty, rebounding when things go badly, that can be the mark of a potential champion. And that can be one of the big tests for teams because difficulty is almost always going to happen in the NFL for teams that have high aspirations and big question marks. High aspirations for the Niners. Brock Purdy, despite what he did last year, big question mark. And I think in a major way answered it over the weekend. The Niners are back, baby. I know they destroyed... The Jags. I also know that I bet on the Jags. So, like, yeah, it's an, emotional, it's an emotional one for me. Don't lose sight in the short-termism that infects the National Football League and the way we see it sometimes. The Jags were and are a good football team. And that is, especially on the road for the Niners, a really good win. Just worth reminding you. Let me circle back to what I just said 38 seconds ago. It is hard to win in the NFL. It is hard to win. It's really hard to win two or three games in a row. The Jags had won five straight. Now after that beatdown, it's going to be their turn to see what they're made of. Not can they be great, they'd already done that like the Niners. Can they reclaim their greatness when something really difficult strikes? And maybe it'll be a couple tough weeks. What happened to Jacksonville is they ran into a buzzsaw. Everything came together for that Niners team all at once. Debo Samuel was back. That's a significant weapon, obviously, for the Niners. Chase Young comes into the mix, and that defense for San Francisco was extraordinary. And, and, and watching the new acquisition, who came in a trade from Washington, and watching Nick Bosa, who is an absolute machine, reminded me, and I, I, I talked about this a few weeks ago when the trade went down, but it, it reminds me of when Aaron Donald was with the Rams. The year they won that Super Bowl, and Von Miller came in. And not just Von Miller suddenly being in the mix, or Chase Young being in the mix, but the way in which if you're an opposing offensive lineman, it's like, it's, oh dear God, how do we stop both these guys? You can't stop both these guys. They contributed both those dudes to just a really great, really great weekend defensively. There's a lot of ways to chop this up. One is the, the three points for Jacksonville at home, for a really good offense. Another is the fact that Bosa, if you just were watching him, if you ever do this, had probably his best game of the season. Here's a great one. The Niners entered, entered Week 10 with 18 sacks. That's only 25th or was in the NFL. They took Lawrence to the ground for five sacks yesterday. Five. Ten quarterback hits on the day. It was just a constant barrage of physicality thrown at Jacksonville's way. And I don't want to get ahead of myself too much, but if you can t- terrorize an offensive line and a quarterback that much, if you have that kind of defensive get-to-the-quarterback firepower, you can beat and compete against anybody. That includes the Eagles. Official a playoff game where that happens. And that includes, if you make it far enough, a team like the Kansas City Chiefs or whoever might come out of an AFC picture. Jacksonville had a five-possession stretch yesterday where the entirety of the moment and the resurgence, at least for the moment, of the Niners and the excellence of San Francisco and the feeling like, oh, okay, they're back to the top of the mountain in the NFL came down to defense. Fumble. kicked to field goal. Threw a pick, fumbled again, threw an interception. The 49ers forced four turnovers on that day. Three points allowed, season low for the Niners. The defense alone looked like the kind of defensive reality, sort of like Jets fans, I'm sorry guys, want to believe they have. And the defense is good. We're okay, we're, we're good enough that if we just, if the, de- the defense might be good enough if we get lucky here and there to carry a team all the way to the Super Bowl. That's how good the Niners defense looked. But unlike most teams, and unlike the Jets, and unlike some teams in the past, including the Ravens team that won the whole thing, although Flacco had a great postseason when that happened 10 years ago, this is an offense that also returned to form yesterday. Brock Purdy, who was the main culprit in those losses, both in the media and otherwise, had started to turn the ball over after being literally almost unbeatable. Brock Purdy was the main reason that felt like this team lost three games in a row. And the questions, as they're going to, you lose three games in a row, it's not misplaced concern. It's can the guy do it. Brock Purdy responded with a huge game. 19-26, to 26, almost 300 passing yards, very efficient. Had three touchdowns. Most importantly, did not turn the ball over. And after the game, man, I like Purdy. I'm from Iowa. He's from Iowa. I don't know. Are we the same? No. But I, I just like the, guy, the fact that the dude's down to earth. After the game, Purdy was trying to give the cliched answer, but also like gave away the reality that there was pressure, that they needed to win, that they wanted to get back to winning ways. And I think you, you listen to him after that win, and you can hear how important this was to him and his football team.
2: When you, you lose three in a row, obviously it's like, man, you want to get back on track. Um, but honestly, we've taken every single game, you know, very seriously, and, and uh, we come, come to work, you know. We never got complacent or anything. There's some things that hadn't, haven't gone our way, a couple plays within the last game last couple games, but uh, for this one, came with the right mindset of, you know, backs against the wall in a sense, and, uh, let, you know, let's play like, like hungry again. So um, I think that was the mindset, but overall, man, we're just trying to play Niner football.
1: I mean, here's the thing, and I like the guy. Like I said, he's from Iowa. I'm from Iowa. But every Jet, every Jet, New York Giant, every Chicago Bear <laughs> play the games without complacency, try to do their thing. What, I don't know whatever cliches he, he threw out there. Give it their all. That ain't enough. The difficulty, and I'll be interested in watching Jacksonville the next few weeks, is when you start to lose. When you start to lose your grip on not just your ability to compete, but your ability to dominate, your confidence can start to get shattered a little bit. Look, no Debo was was significant, and they just they weren't clicking on a lot of levels. George Kittle had some off games over the course of that that run of three losses. Hell, Purdy wasn't very good. It was the, it was five turnovers over the three losses. Yesterday this is a team that finally topped that 30-point mark again. Remember, they did that a lot earlier in the year, and then it was 17 points in each of their three losses. So that's asking the defense to do a whole lot. But now they're at a point where they have, six times this year, gotten 30 or more points. That is the most in the National Football League. And because when one thing comes in to help, and I don't want to make too much of it, but again, Chase Young doesn't make the Niners defense, but it makes it really really more difficult to scheme against and Steve Wilkes did come down right yesterday was the first time out of the booth on the side you know I'm I'm with the guys but Chase Young's addition just makes Nick Bosa's life easier and Debo's addition makes everybody's life easier I don't think it's coincidental that Kittle had a massive game last night massive game and afterwards I thought this was really interesting he pointed out that his quarterback might not have a lot of experience losing games and playing badly and having to go through the, oh man, am I good enough experiences of the NFL? But it's not like Purdy came out of some early Christmas tree as a prepackaged quarterback. He was molded in college. He'd been through some things. And I thought Kittle's insight into why they thought he'd always figure it out was pretty interesting. Brock started like 40 plus games in college. He had highest of highs. He's had the lowest of lows. Like he's dealt with mistakes. He's He's had bad games in college, and so this was his confidence is still there, and that's all I wanted him to you know continue doing. He knows how to you know bounce back, and I don't think Brock, you know, played poorly the last couple of games. Yeah, sure, there's a throw to he probably wants back, but if you look at the tape, he's still playing at a high level those three weeks that we lost, and just this time we were able to not turn the ball over, and not have penalties, and so we we're able to be out there and you can see the type of quarterback that Brock is. I just cracked the code. I completely forgot. I know forty 49- nine. There are 49 states where all of you don't care about Iowa, but I just realized that Purdy and Kittle both played in, in, in Iowa College. Iowa State, yeah, Tom, that's, that's why the Niners can't be stopped. It also helps take Christian McCaffrey. 142 total yards. Uh, his streak of consecutive games with a touchdown did come to an end, but that's a great big who cares, which is why I thought that record was stupid the entire time, like a hitting streak. Who cares? It's the win. It's the victory. It's the Niners getting back to where they belonged, And you're going to have ups and downs in NFL season. You certainly want to find your momentum. It's even a little early now, but come December, you want to be in your groove. But I do think these moments matter. And I think for a football team in general, going through some difficulty, which the Niners did, being doubted, which the Niners were, being beaten pretty consistently, and that's the big one. They lost three games in a row. Remember, three games in a row is basically a month in the NFL. You know there's dog years and cat years? I have a 16-year-old cat. We have one left. I had to figure out his, his human years the other day. Is 80 or 76. Let me do it for you. Let me, let me do a little NFL conversion for you. Three weeks in the NFL, especially when you lose all those games, three consecutive game weeks, three games, is basically, let me do the math, it's 15 months for you and me at our job if things aren't going well. And, and to get off that losing streak is, is really significant for San Francisco to know they can do it, to feel that confidence. It's big as a team, but I think it's gigantic. For the quarterback. Huge win for Brock Purdy. Huge win for the Niners. It tells us a lot about who they are. And let me say this really quickly. It's not time to write off Jacksonville. You were never going to win the rest of the games for the rest of the year. The question that faces Jacksonville now, because they got humiliated. Trevor Lawrence got beat up. They only scored three points. They were at home. The question is, how do they respond? The same way we had those questions about the Niners as they stagnated a little bit. I'm still, I'm still, I'm keeping, I'm even buying more Jag stock. But I want some more Niner stock, too. 855-2124-CBS is the phone number. Pretty Daddy. Tom DeSolos, you know. I just realized this. Tom will not take vacation. I'm I'm gone, I'm actually gone tomorrow. It's not a vacation. It's something else. Then I'm gone Friday, because I'm traveling somewhere. And then I'm gone all next week. And I was really excited. Look, I love doing the show. We love coming into your world, your home, your house, your Odyssey app, your affiliate, your car, your workout space, whatever you're doing. But we all like vacation. We all like time. I'm gonna take my family somewhere. I'm really pumped. Kids are excited. My daughter's getting older, right? Those of you that have kids a little bit older know like, oh man, I go to college pretty soon. Let's let's spend some time together. So I was commiserating with Tom. I was excited about his vacation next week and then he reminded me, I'm not going to vacation. I'd like to be at work on ten PM I'm taking off Thursday and Friday. Tom, you can't be a curmudgeon and then never take vacation. You you love it you love working. You love getting on the train. I've come to the conclusion you love New York City. You love interacting with strangers. You're shy. That's why you won't give directions or talk on the train. Because I've asked you to take the time off that I take off. You have the vacation time. I know for a fact you have the vacation time. You won't take it. You softy.
2: First off, good morning, Bill. Happy good Monday morning, to you. And you're right. There's, there's no way to dress up on Monday. It's just Monday. Um, I do love vacation. I don't know what you're talking about. I love vacation. Everybody loves vacation. You don't take your vacation. Uh, I am not taking a vacation around this upcoming holiday. I'm taking the holiday off and the day after. Um... I'm, I'm, read,
1: I'm reading a book about dragons. It's pretty good, pretty weird. And uh, the dragons, the people can't be away from each other by like distance or they get really sad and sick. And I said, take Wednesday off next week. And you said, my wife's going to be at work. You can do it. You're not a magical dragon rider person thing, whatever the hell this book is that I, my daughter got me into.
2: Maybe. maybe, maybe. Just hit me right now. Maybe I come to work when you're not here because it reminds me of you so I don't miss you too much.
1: I got a phone. I'll talk, I'm not going to talk to you on the phone on my vacation. I'll send you some photos, though. <laughs> At least you're honest. I'm going somewhere cool. I invited you to come where I'm going.
2: Oh uh, Yes, you invited me to pay my way to go meet up with you. Yes, you did.
1: Yeah, and I said, let's get lunch one of the days, and I'm going somewhere far from each, each of our homes.
2: Uh, yes, yes. That wasn't going to do it for me.
1: Okay, I understand. Uh happy Monday. You should take vacation. You should I mean, I know you like hanging out with Winky and hanging out with Jody and hanging out with the gang, but you should probably take a little bit of vacay, okay? You're, or stop complaining to me about just the commute in the city and Stuart Kovacs, okay? All right. Take that vacation. <laughs> I really can't decide between the two. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. We have a lot of things to get into. All right. So um I I want to give you a hoopier than thou. What do we actually call it? Basketball. That's what we actually, I forgot the actual name. Hoopier than thou basketball. Uh, I want to get into that, and we'll talk about a quarterback who's not just the best rookie to come out of this draft class, but is now starting to do things that I think elevate him to potentially a legitimate consideration for a long term, long time actual top 10 quarterback in the NFL. We'll tell you about that guy. Give you a hoopier than thou try to get Tom to take vacation all of it continues next here on cbs sports radio
2: call from mom answer it call silenced
0: instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game
1: you have 47 new voicemails
2: Welcome back to Writer Than You. I'm going to learn all the rules of air hockey. Both of them. That sounds like a diesel assignment. That
1: that was mean. On CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back into the show. Stream the NFL and Westwood One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone all season long. You can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get on the Zone. AutoZone, the free AutoZone fix finder service, can help you find a fix for free Get in the zone. Auto zone. Restrictions apply. Hi, Tom.
2: Hey there, Bill. What's up?
1: A lot of NFL, a lot of college football. I I do need to do a very in-depth, before that, analysis of something in the NBA. Bill Ryder has the NBA takes you need to hear. This is Bass Get Bill. Apologize for how long this is going to be and the just remarkable depth and research. But the uh, analysis needs to be said. James Harden is a loser. His teams lose. And if you bring him in, you get what you deserve. And that was Bass Kid Bill. That's it. That's it. 0-4. <laughs> oh, That's it. Tyrese Maxey better. That's all. We're moving on. He ain't C.J. Stroud. Dude, how? Good. Can I just say this? Can I just, like, give you my pet peeve as we get into a CJ Street conversation? Let me give you some of the facts first, and I'll give you my pet peeve. Also, what does pet peeve mean? You're peeved off and that you turn it into your pet? Put it on. A, let me put my peeve on a leash and walk it around. How's that? Is that a good one, Tom? It doesn't even <laughs> make sense. She doesn't even go here. You ready for my pet peeve? Uh, yeah, hit me. I'm sure I do it all the time. Ah uh, no well no you don't. I am so over and so annoyed by draft. I know we have to. I hate when people get for the media too. I know we have to talk about the draft. I understand that the NFL draft and every draft is really important. And there are people, colleagues of mine and yours, who make their living just draft experts. But having as a guy who now has dinner on a regular basis, semi as part of my job, I go to places and I take executives from the NBA out. Guys in their GMs, guys that run scouting departments, people who make their living. right? We all have jobs to pay for our mortgages, our, our, our support our kids. Guys who make their living trying to figure out just who their team should draft. I can tell you it is an imperfect science, even for people who do it for a living. And there's always this certainty this guy's gonna be great. This guy's not very this guy's clearly the best quarterback. It usually coalesces around what everyone else is saying, whatever group think. Here's some breaking news. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I remember when Joel Klatt was so angry that anyone would think Marcus Mariota wasn't going to be a star. And the issue wasn't that Joel didn't have an opinion. He's a very smart guy. It's that even if you're well-educated, well-informed, put in the work, watch tape, know the game like that guy does, there's a good chance you're going to be wrong. Nobody had C.J. Stroud as the best cornerback in this draft. Give me a break. There were people who liked him. The Texans wisely liked him. But there was this absolute certainty it had to be Bryce Young. If everyone thinks he's the number one quarterback, he must be the guy that's going to succeed. It doesn't work that way. C.J. Stroud, let me give you a hot take, and I I actually saw this, I think, in The Athletic today. C.J. Stroud's not just the best rookie quarterback right now, Tom. He's an MVP candidate. This is a team that's actually winning football games. Stroud is top 10 in passing yards, in touchdowns, in QBR. That's stupid. I hate QBR. In quarterback rating. I'm old school. I like that one. And he's only thrown two... Interceptions And for the past two weeks, including yesterday, he's just orchestrated game-winning drives. Yesterday's was against a guy named, you might have heard of him, Joe Burrow, and a team called the Bengals. That's a huge win. The Texans are 5-4, and four, dude. They're 11-38-1 in the last three seasons. This guy is a machine. This guy is the real deal. Now, situation matters. Young head coach, rookie head coach, but doing great with the Texans. You would have thought that the situation might have been better for Bryce Young in Charlotte, in Carolina. But it hasn't gone that way. The Texans obviously are capable, beyond the quarterback position, to compete in the NFL week in, week out. And, and that kind of just having a, a a better, fuller roster, even on the defensive end, it infuses the team with a little more confidence. Right When you go to work and it's toxic, it's hard to do good work. That, it doesn't matter what you do for a living. That's why everybody avoids Tom at the office. Just kidding, Tom. That was unfair. <laughs> but it was there. C.J. Stroud is an absolute machine. And the thing about him that's amazing is that a lot of years, you'll have a quarterback who you clearly can see has the potential to be, to be outstanding. Look, Jared Goff just out-dueled uh, Justin Herbert over the weekend. Had a, had a great game. And Goff's had an up-and-down career. But he's, he's been really critical to the Lions. And his first year, he struggled, right? And would be like, okay, maybe when he's a Ram. Okay, maybe he can get there. But it wasn't a... Goff did not play at a top-ten quarterback level. C.J. Stroud is playing at a top-ten quarterback level. He's protecting the football. When push comes to shove and his team needs him to take over, he is taking over games and beating really good football teams. That Bengals defense is obviously outstanding. He's helping his team have a winning record when they were awful last year. It's hard to make an assessment on the Colts' choice of Anthony Richardson. I I thought Richardson looked really good until he got injured and and went out. C.J. Stroud, man. The real deal. A little bit longer than my Harden analysis. Look, here's what I'm saying. Harden sucks. Stroud doesn't. Sports Talk Radio at its finest.
2: I mean, Bill, you mentioned it. You talked about all those stats where he's at least top 10 in the NFL, he's second in passing yards with over 2,600. He's thrown the fewest interceptions of any starting quarterback. Not rookie starting quarterback, starting quarterback. The Texans have won five games already. They've played nine. They haven't won five games in a season since 2019. I mean, what this dude is doing right now, he's catapulted himself, as you said, into the MVP conversation, the Rookie of the Year is over. It's over. It's C.J. Stroud.
1: Would you agree that the process by which teams draft quarterbacks is shrouded in mystery? Ooh, I see what you did there. Yeah, absolutely. You don't like it. Here's a here's a thought experiment. I was thinking about this because the the obviously Mac Jones was taken a few years ago, and he is he is not doing well. And I can't remember where the Patriots drafted in this past draft, but I'm sure it's in the like, and they were mediocre. It's going to be in like the 15 to 20 range, right? So they probably had some pick in the 15 to 20 range, but you can always, you can always move up. Now I know Stroud was taking number two overall and, 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 and and New England's probably not getting there to that, to that pick. But my point is this, let's just say in some alternate universe, Stroud had gone to New England. Okay. I think he fails. I think it's very likely that he fails. And so I do want to give some credit to the Texans, not just for drafting him, because that, that obviously is important, but to drafting and then developing this guy. And the fact that, and I said this a few weeks ago, that I think you should hire offensively-minded coaches, and you should make you should make that work. And then they should bring in great coordinators. But there's an exception. D'Amico Ryans is the head coach. He was an outstanding defensive coordinator. He's the head coach of the Texans. And whatever he's doing there is, is has been incredible. He's created the right culture. He has helped to to raise up a really good young quarterback. And by the way, what I meant was hire offensive-minded coaches and hire really good defensive coordinators. I mean, everything – so, so give, give Ryan's credit. Give the front office credit. It's not just do you draft the right guy. That's a big part of it. And do you draft the right guy for you, your culture, what you want to do? But can you then put him in a position to be successful? I'm trying to pull up the draft from last year. Oh, I was pretty close.
2: Yeah, I Seven. got it. Yeah, you nailed
1: it. All right. Carolina drafts C.J. Stroud. He fails. I'm just saying like in an alternate universe, right? The Colts draft him. I mean, maybe it works out because I thought Anthony Richardson was really strong. Seattle drafts him. You know it goes well because of Pete Carroll. Arizona drafts him. It probably doesn't go well. Even though things have been better there and their quarterback who filled in for for Kyler. Kyler back this week, and obviously now a Viking, won another game. Raiders draft the quarterback. He's out of the league in three weeks. Uh, Falcons draft him. Hard to say. They still need a quarterback. Remember, the Falcons drafted a running back with that pick. Uh, Eagles don't need a quarterback, but it would probably work out. The Bears draft him. He's Justin Fields. He fails. Like I, it's not just it's not just who you draft. It's your ability to take care of that guy. Dude, what a weekend in the National Football League, by the way. What a Huge end of that game for the Texans. Statement win. Big setback for, for Cincinnati. Five games ended on a field goal as time expired. Browns, I think I went 0-5 on my bets. I haven't looked. I know it was so bad I didn't want to look. <laughs> Browns beat the Ravens 33-31. I kind of hate it because I'm not a Sean Watson guy, but that's a crazy win. That division now is Ravens 7-3, and Steelers 6-3, and Browns 6-3, and and the Bengals, who we all thought would have won that game, are 5-4. and I still think they're going to be able to figure it out because of Joe Burrow and that defense. But, man, what a, what a big win for the Texans. Cardinals beat the Falcons 25-23. And Kyler Murray? That is Kyler Murray at the end. I, there's, I need to see Kyler Murray be outstanding consistently to believe in this guy. And the Lions beat the Chargers in a, in a shootout where Jared Goff out Justin Herbert. I'm missing one. Seahawks... Beat the Commanders twenty nine twenty six. Is that the best weekend that you've seen in the NFL so far? It is for me.
2: Best weekend in the NFL so far. I mean, we had great finishes. I don't know that we had great games. If that yeah, makes you were sense, all,
1: I know. I did, but you were all mad about
2: the games, but I, like, you know me. I always send you at least one text every Sunday afternoon where sook. I'm where I'm all pouty. I'm like, eh, this these games are off to terrible starts.
1: I mean, the thing is, like that that Detroit game against the Chargers was a fun game to watch. A lot of points, a lot of offense. And, and Browns-Ravens is a huge game, and that was a fun game. Baltimore blowing a 14-point fourth-quarter lead. You're a, you're a fake curmudgeon because we all know that you desperately want to just be in the city talking to strangers, going to work. You turn away from vacation time.
2: You got me pegged all wrong. It's like you don't I, even know
1: me. I always wondered how some of our colleagues took off so much time. It's because you give them your days. Here oh, my days. is
2: that it? Is that here's, how I operate? Here's
1: my days. I don't I want to be at work. I was wondering why the one time I was in New York that you were off on the schedule, you still showed up, sitting in the corner. When you wear shades, we still know it's you.
2: I don't wear shades. My wife says I don't look good
1: in shades. <laughs> my brother told me jeans are out. That I'm not aware. I, we, my brother was in town. He's like he can't wear jeans. What does he jeans wear? Are out. What does he wear? He wears um something called like like Banana Republic Travelers. They they're like they look like jeans but they're black. Oh, he's too fancy. I'm a blue jeans guy. I wear blue jeans. Yeah, almost every day. Also, I don't want my jeans to be skin tight. I'm married. And and if if I weren't married, it wouldn't flatter me. So, like, everyone's wearing the skin tight. Yeah, mine are baggy, and they look like they're five years old because they are, and maybe that's a pizza stain. But I tried to wash it like it's just blue jeans. It's all about comfort at this point, man. Right? I am going to buy some nice sweats, though. I don't want to spend a lot of money. I have some sweats that cost $6, but they look like they cost $6. I want to wear sweats out in the world. I've I've transitioned to only wearing sweatpants on planes. It's a good move. You want to go to sleep anyway. I get upgraded because I fly a lot to first class sometimes, and I'm the only person that people, other people in first class, call security on. They push the bell like, can we, can we? Uh, someone got on the plane that shouldn't be here. He belongs in the back middle seat. No, no, these are sweatpants and blue jeans. Yeah, deal with it. Guy on the bike who tried to drive into my kid. Eight five five two one two four CBS. To that story later in the week. I get into it with somebody every weekend. Is it me?
2: Uh, yes. Yes, it is you.
1: God, I don't think it is. Uh, we had a wild – let's get into it. We had a wild weekend in college football. One guy lost his job, and another guy, who that guy went after once, guy one went after guy two, is on track for another potential shot at a national championship. Don't write off Nick Saban. Five things you need to know from the world of college football after we get a CBS Sports Radio update.
0: Is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
1: You're listening to Writer Than You. is sitting there telling Kenny Pickett to his face, I wanted you to fail. That's part of the selfishness of me. Yeah. I mean, I guess credit you for saying it with the charisma of a rock. I just... On CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back into the show where we have... If, if 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 Roethlisberger has the charisma of a rock, would you say that we have the charisma of a rainbow? It's amazing. It's magical. It's fleeting, and people aren't even sure if this is real. It I is. like that. I like and it. Are you the pot of gold at the end of the right of the new rainbow?
2: Oh boy, I hope not for everybody's sake. I hope I'm not.
1: Right? You are the prize. You are the wealth. You are the thing that we seek. That's never there.
2: Apologies in advance.
1: I am embarrassed at what age I still thought I could go in Dubuque, Iowa, follow a rainbow, and try (laughs) to get the pot of gold. I really wanted that money. Yeah. Yeah. What does a 12 year old spend a pot of gold on? A lot of Laffy Taffy.
2: Yeah, a lot of candy,
1: a lot of baseball cards. A lot of baseball cards, yep. Yep, yep. Some new jeans that are too baggy. It's my style. Uh, Let's do five things you need to know from this past weekend's college football bonanza.
0: Your security clearance is on a need-to-know basis.
1: And these are five things you need to know.
2: Number one. All right, Bill, we started off today a little different. No game in particular number one today. But the Aggies, Texas A&M, made it official yesterday firing Jimbo Fisher after nearly six seasons on the job. Now, Bill, Jimbo has a record buyout of over $75 million. To put that in perspective, the previous record high for a college football head coach buyout was Gus Malzahn with Auburn, $21.45 million. So Jimbo's is three and a half times the previous record. And Bill, perhaps the craziest part about Jimbo's buyout, there's no offset for Texas A&M. Meaning that if Jimbo gets another job somewhere else, A&M still owes him every single penny. And here's a list of the accomplishments that Jimbo never did at College Station. Never won a national title. Never that... reached the college football playoff. Never won an SEC West title. Never even won 10 games in a season.
1: First of all, we knew it. We Gosh, we were righter than you on this one. Jimbo wisher, wishers that didn't work, but it's okay. Look, I I was always a skeptic of this guy, but I think the real takeaway is, no matter your desperation to return to the top echelon of college football, no matter how competitive things are going to be for you, and they obviously are going to be very difficult in the SEC, there is almost, and I mean this, nobody worth this contract. Dabo's not worth this contract. Had we had this conversation four years ago, I would have said, "Okay, maybe, you know, a couple guys dabble." But no, Dabo turned out not to be worth it. The game changed, and he did not evolve with it. The only person that is this much of a shirt, Lincoln Riley, is not worth this contract. Nick Saban the only guy worth this contract. Nick Saban's is the only person who you could pay two billion dollars, or two million dollars, or two hundred thousand dollars if he took the job, he would win. That his obsession or whatever it is that, that his makeup. He'll win. He'll, he'll evolve. He'll adjust. Don't give people this kind of contract. And this kind of contract, it should not just be Jimbo who's fired. Everyone anyone associated with this at the university should be fired. And anyone and everyone that was a booster, that pushed for it using your capital politically or your money, literally, should be deprived of access to the program for five years. That is a lot of money to set your program back.
2: Number two. All right, Bill. Jim Harbaugh watched from his hotel room as he served the first game of his three-game suspension while his Wolverines went into Happy Valley and beat a ranked opponent for the first time this season and improved to 10-0. Penn State managed just 74 yards of offense through the air, while the Nittany Lions, they had 164 yards on the ground. Michigan themselves have 227 yards. Wolverines closed the game bill with 32. I repeat, 32 straight run plays. Every single offensive play they ran in the second half was a run. Now there was one throw in there, but it was called for pass interference, so technically, that's a non-play. Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy attempted just eight passes the entire day. Penn State head coach James Franklin is now a combined 4 and 16 against Ohio State and Michigan. Michigan plays Maryland this weekend before the showdown against Ohio State to end the regular season.
1: I mean, I can just picture Jim Harbaugh laughing, laughing his ass off in this hotel room, eating a bag of Doritos because that's all they have as it's just run play after run play. As He obviously feeds in the game plan on his cell phone. Uh, so this happened over over the weekend. Suspended for for what? Three games. Gonna miss some time.
2: Suspended for three games. Cannot coach
1: on Saturdays, but he can coach on the week, all week long. It's a non-punishment punishment. It's a it's a okay. That writer guy got it right. It's jaywalking, but now everyone's all mad. How do we make it look like? And this is the big test. This is the, the Penn State game's a big, big win. Michigan doesn't just win the game. They win this battle over what was going to happen to Harbaugh. I'm in the camp that doesn't think it's as significant as other people. Can I say this too? And I'm not anti-Penn State, even though it makes Ryan Hickey sad, and that makes me laugh because I love Ryan, but it's I love to to bust his chops. Penn State has fallen to that second tier. They're no, They've always considered themselves an Ohio State, Michigan State, le- Michigan level team. Excuse me. You know, Michigan light, Ohio State light. Penn State's Iowa. Penn State is Michigan State. Penn State is, what Nebraska aspires to be, uh, they're just another team in the Big Ten that is sort of good and cannot compete against the two actual Big dogs.
2: Number three. All right, Bill. Jalen Milrow became the first quarterback in Alabama history with three passing touchdowns and three rushing touchdowns in the same game as Alabama beat up on Kentucky 49-21 to over the weekend. And remember, Bill, Milrow made history last week as well as the only tied quarterback to rush for four touchdowns in a game. So that's ten total touchdowns in the last two games for quarterback Jalen Milrow. Nick Saban's team is now 9-1 and, and have won eight straight and will officially face Georgia in the SEC championship game. Alabama plays Chattanooga this week before finishing the regular season against Auburn in the Iron Bowl.
1: I mean, why do you agree this if you're Chattanooga, by the way? I know you get a whole bunch of money. You get a whole bunch of money for these games. You're gonna get utterly and totally destroyed. So this is obviously, again, Nick Saban putting his team on the brink of a chance for a national championship. I, I will say this this one caveat before I get to kind of my general view. Be careful of Auburn. I mean, that is Auburn is a mediocre football team, but that is a the Iron Bowl is the Iron Bowl. And that's a rivalry game. But assuming you get past Auburn, which I think they will, they can beat Georgia. I know Georgia's the better team. I know Georgia's more talented. I know Georgia has, Kirby Smart has turned them into a juggernaut of the highest caliber. It, you know, really, Georgia's the new Clemson. I mean, they're obviously in the SEC, but they're the new big dog out there along with the, the consistent teams. Tom, I told you, I told you, start, at, start of the college football season, that if Bama lost a game early and then they just won out, everyone would write them off, and they'd be in a position, and they are. If they beat Georgia, assuming they beat Auburn, they don't lose another game, they're not losing Chattanooga, they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, they should be in the college football playoff, and Georgia should not.
2: Number four. All right, Bill, let's head out west here. Now, Washington uncharacteristically relied on their defense in the second half against Utah. After the Utah had a 28-24 lead at the half, Washington wouldn't let them score again. The Huskies went on to win 35-28. to Now, Washington running back Dylan Johnson went for over 100 yards rushing for the third time this season, while quarterback and Heisman Trophy hopeful Michael Penix Jr. threw for 332 yards and two touchdowns. Washington finishes the regular season in Corvallis this weekend against Oregon State, followed by Washington State Thanksgiving weekend.
1: I'm already mad. I'm just trying not to be angry because already I've seen a. See, we told you about Washington. They won the game. Utah State was, what, 18 in the country when this game was played. I've seen really good teams, including teams that are ahead of them in the college football playoff rankings, struggle in first halves. I mean, who the hell did Ohio State struggle against Rutgers in the first half. Was that last weekend? Yep, they were down at the half. We've seen Georgia... Last year, Georgia, who won the national championship, barely came back to beat Missouri, and Missouri wasn't good like they are this year. This should not be held against Washington. It's a great win. It's a good comeback win. It's a great second half, and Tom, as you noted, the defense stepped up, showing the committee and everybody else this is a team that has different ways that they can win under pressure when they need to.
2: Number five. All right, Bill, Ole Miss came out of the gate ready to play against the back-to-back champs. The Rebels scored on their very first possession of the game. And it actually was a 14-all game at one point in the second quarter before Georgia did, well, what Georgia does. The Bulldogs finished the game on a 38-3 run to win 52-17. Georgia totaled over 600 yards of offense as tight end and your guy Brock Bowers played (laughs) in his first game in over a month due to an ankle injury. Georgia has now won 37, yes, 37 straight regular season games they play Tennessee this weekend before they close out the regular season against Georgia Tech.
1: In fairness, I'm not. I'm not anti Brock Bowers. I just didn't like the announcer saying Brock Bowers three hundred times in <laughs> ten minutes. How many teams can beat realistically beat Georgia now that Georgia is going to be utterly focused every step of the way? I think Bama can. I just said that. I. I don't. I don't. I don't know,
2: man. I want to say Michigan, but I'm not sure. I don't believe it. that. I don't, I don't think, think it's Ohio it's State. O- I agree. I don't think it's Ohio State. You know how much I love Washington, but it's not I, Washington. I don't think it's not so. Was-
1: it's not Washington. I think it's Alabama, maybe. I think Alabama can beat them. They're, they're going to be underdogs. Alabama should be underdogs. But, you know, you play that game 10 times. Nick Saban wins three of those games. Maybe Michigan wins one and a half of those games out of 10.
2: Those
0: are Bill Ryder's Five Things You Need to Know on CBS Sports Radio's
1: Writer Than You. Security clearance. Uh, You, uh, Tommy watched a movie for the first time in a year over the weekend, so later this week we'll do a mini-movie review. Maybe we'll make it even more than mini. Just a movie review since Tom never watches films. Pretty exciting. The lovable curmudgeon. The softy watching a softy movie let's uh let's talk to Steve Birdline next here on CBS Sports Radio
0: you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details Hyundai there's joy in every journey